you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. Really do appreciate you. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And J-Mac is on tap. I don't know if Sherry B's on tap, though. Uh, she's I, not here yet. Okay, okay, but Sherry <laughs> B will be on tap. I just uh, I just want to make sure. Okay, so. and Sherry B on tap <laughs> to help <laughs> us navigate the show. We'll get to some of your calls in the last segment of today's show. Um, to, Well, before I jump right into the show, we do have some announcements. We have some things that we want to make you aware of. And so, Will the Great. Yeah, make our people and, aware. Some and things. today, this is going to be coming off the top of my head. You know, don't you have don't have my, your papers. I don't have my papers. I was, you don't have, I don't your have papers. my papers. No, that sounds like a a, um, a puppy or something. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> we <laughs> we have an MFL uh, date night coming oh up goodness. next month, November yeah. 9th, uh in Little Rock, Arkansas. If you want more information about that, just go to marriagefamilylife.net. Uh, click on the uh, the date night. Uh, mm-hmm. graphic and it will take you f- to all the information you can register we need you to register so we'll know exactly how many people are coming it's a free event but we need you to register and this month's by design challenge what about that what is that yeah it's the daddy daughter date night challenge and so um that's for october so it's coming to an end um so basically it's to take your daughter out on a date um and post a picture on our by design facebook page daddy daughter date night night uh, by design hashtag in front of that though you know yes and also afr is or afa is developing a streaming platform and that's yes. going to launch next monday so a week from yesterday yes and that will stream content to our listeners and our viewers uh there'll be some limited content for everyone to be able to access but if you're a great commission partner that you support the ministry at any amount monthly then you will also get some exclusive yes. unlimited uh, content that you can stream. We will no longer be canceled in a nutshell. Yes, yes. No longer canceled. We have our own mics. That's, man, that's, that's, hey, this, that's in the legacy of, of Brother Don. You know, we, we need to own the mic. So we need exactly to own, right. our, own our uh, streaming. So Yeah, man, it's good. I'm, I'm excited about it. It's good. It's good. Um, okay, and then also we're going to talk a little bit more about the Orange Letter campaign, mm-hmm. which is something that Engage Magazine has done for the last five years, I want to say, maybe five or six years. Mm, yeah. uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that because mm-hmm. Cedra Sarton will be joining us. She's the content coordinator yes. for Engage Magazine, and so we're going to talk about what we're doing, but I think it folds nicely into the um, topic of conversation for today's show. And I want to jump right in into that because I think it's going to take a while for us to unpack and have a conversation around it. Mm-hmm. Um, the title of today's show is unfollowed unfollowed the jesus example we ignore Mm. unfollowed the jesus example we ignore i think so often when people are talking about jesus and and following jesus and you remember Mm -hmm. we had the 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 bracelets remember the what would jesus do right and so it was uh, (laughs) it was huge right did you have it was a i'm sure 
I cannot. I can't, I mean, I don't remember specifics, but <laughs> I, I I feel very comfortable, very that you, safe that you saying had one? yes. Yeah. yeah, I think I had them in friendship bracelet, like the ones where it's like stitched into the thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we didn't really have the ones. What are they called today? The um, like the little. Oh goodness, what is that called? I call them rubber. I don't know. It's what not. It's something <laughs> different. I think. I mean. I think. Uh, it's not plastic. Oh goodness, I can't remember. It, there's a there's what is that called? Anyway, somebody will tell us. Somebody needs to put it down <laughs> in the comments. Um, but yeah, so we didn't have that then. Mm-hmm. They were like friendship bracelets. Oh. You remember that? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, anyways, um, yeah, you know, that was mainly a girl thing in my. Um, now that's true. That's true. <laughs> around <laughs> where, where I was from, you know, we didn't go around. Guys didn't guys. walk around wearing I mean, friendship guys, bracelets. I think guys probably wore that, but we. You know, I'm just saying where I was. You it know. wasn't very. Common. Nah. Let's just say that. No. Um, but anyway, yeah. So it was a reminder. It was a reminder to follow the example of Jesus and in, yeah. in, in the way that we lived. It was a reminder to do what he did and to speak as he spoke. And it's interesting, though. I think that there are some examples of Jesus, even today, while people may say or they may ask questions about, did Jesus say that or did Jesus do that? People mm-hmm. aren't really interested all that much in actually following the example of Jesus. And mm-hmm. so to make that point, one of the things I want to discuss is this um this heritage that we have in Christ Mm. of suffering. Yeah. It is something that has been removed from the Christian faith, largely in America. Yeah. And yeah, it spread to other parts of the world, but it's, it spread from America. You know, I know sometimes I even wonder, maybe we could talk about this at some Mm -hmm. point, you know, what does suffering in America look like? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, and I'm not saying that no one's suffering, you know, mm-hmm. but when you read the scriptures and when you talk about suffering, you see it splashed throughout scripture. Like even yes. Paul telling Timothy, man, join in with me and, <laughs> in yeah, my sufferings, you know. Right. Um, and then but before that, he's talking about discipleship. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, the things that, that you have seen of me and trust the faithful men who will do the same. But after they said and join with me in my suffering, it's like, it's like those things are linked to the Christian experience. And so I wonder in America. We have a lot yes. and we uh, we can be very comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, and we can, you know, uh, just relax and feel good and, and even have our faith intact and not uh, attacked all the time. You know, uh, how does suffering look, you know, for the believer in America? I, I, I actually think that we are going to and have been already mm-hmm. experiencing increased ways yeah. to suffer. For the yeah. glory of God. There are definitely um, shifts happening. <laughs> and and I think when you look in the scripture, you see all kinds of examples of suffering. Mm-hmm. I think that there are examples of suffering that look like your life is in danger. But mm-hmm. I think there are also examples of suffering that are just sort of, um, you know, <laughs> giving up what you supposed to be mm-hmm. your right as an mm-hmm. individual. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm about to shake some things. I understand that, right? This because we, we're Americans. Mm-hmm. Like, we, you know what I mean? So, so we're like, no, first I'm a fight. You know, and I understand that. Like, <laughs> praise <laughs> the Lord that we live in a country where we can fight. Yeah. I would just like to say that I think what we need to rediscover is mm-hmm. that once we get to the end of the fight, like the, the human strength, like, mm-hmm. so the Lord allows for the rising of nations mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. also those nations he tears down. But in those nations, God allows for his plans and his purposes to prevail. So in the United States of America, the Lord raised up this country mm-hmm. for the proliferation of the gospel. Glory to God for mm-hmm. the proliferation of the gospel. Amen. Um, 
However, what we have done is from this country, not only has the gospel proliferated to the glory of God, but also false gospels have proliferated. Where just like what we've seen in this country, the removal of the narrative of suffering, the removal of what this is inherent to the faith. Suffering is inherent to the faith. However, this is what we did in the United States of America um, because of the great bounty and the great blessing that the Lord um, in many ways bestowed on us in this country. Uh, we removed suffering as if it were sort of like um, additives, preservatives, uh, GMOs. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? We got rid of that. We were like, mm. nah, no suffering, no suffering. Nobody's going to suffer. Like, you know, gray skies are going to clear up. And then we took that and then we sent that to other countries and said that this was a mark of being approved of by God. Mm. So we have treated in America, we have treated suffering as if it's a component of a type of caste system where only the untouchables are the lower class people suffer. Like people who, you know, are approved of by God, people who have the blessings of God, people who have, you know, in my Thai tribute voice, the victory, Mm -hmm. like those people don't suffer. Mm. Right. Like, no, you know, those people aren't suffering. And so we have treated that as if um, suffering is something that is only a mark of God's judgment. Mm. Okay. So now, so you can have no, no pure Christianity without suffering. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that suffering marks the life of the believer and it's by design. It's by design. Like, and, and let me tell you why, because we live in a suff- we live in a, um, in a culture, we live in a society that rails against the holiness of God. Mm-hmm. And so when, <clears throat> excuse me, when Christians attempt to live holy lives, this is what the apostle Peter actually deals with in his first letter. When Christians attempt to live holy lives, what happens is you come up against the world system. Mm. And so the world is not going to just turn over and be like, oh, you're not going along. So there will be suffering. In fact, Mm. I would suggest strongly that if there is not suffering, we probably are not coming up against the world system. Mm. Like, so let's, and and I want to, I want to make the case here, right? Mm -hmm. Because this, this is, this is, (laughs) this is what we don't want to follow Jesus in doing. Like we don't want to suffer. And, and and I hope that people will listen to the end because when we get to the end, I'm asking the question, how can we train our children? This is what we look at. We look at family discipleship. How do we ready the next generation, which is now, um, to live faithful lives for the glory of God? And so one of the questions that we have to ask is, man, how do we get back this heritage of suffering? It is a heritage of ours. Suffering is, right? And our Lord left us an example, the Apostle Peter wrote. He left us an example Mm. on how to suffer. Like, think about that, right? So we want to go through some of the steps of how we can reclaim suffering. I know that sounds so counterintuitive. People are like, I'm not claiming that. (laughs) How do we? (laughs) Nobody's claiming suffering. But how do we reclaim suffering? And and what is the blessing in that? And and I want to talk a little bit about that because you probably have already been able to observe that suffering is going to increase. Right. Suffering is going to increase. You see already your job coming up on the chopping block if you don't do certain things. Mm. Your ability to earn. I've been calling it in short buy and sell. Your ability to buy and sell is coming up on the chopping block. And so then the question becomes, you know, do we have the ability to suffer? Do we know how to suffer? So here is what I wanted to look at. Um, First Peter, chapter two, verses 18 through 25. Right. These are like the scriptures that. These are the scriptures that are some of the most difficult scriptures for pastors mm. to preach, especially in, 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 in the, in the era of woke, 
It's like, don't <laughs> touch these scriptures. But you know what we do on there in the Addisons? We're going to touch them because they're in the word, right? Like, why, why, why yeah. are we going to pretend like it's not in the word, right? Um, all right. So in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 25, the Bible says, Servants, be subject to your masters. Ibram Mexkindi. See? Right there. <laughs> all right. We'll never get through if I do that the whole time. Um, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God. Oh, man. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. Mm. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called. Wait, what? We take classes and we actually attend seminars to try to discover what our callings are. What am I called to? What am I? What, what is what is God's call on my life? Well, here is one of them suffering hmm. because Christ also suffered for you. Going back to the scriptures here, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example so that you might follow in his steps. Wait, that is so clear. It so is. Christ suffered, leaving an example so that we might follow in his steps. Wow. Now, you can see why we're calling this program unfollowed. Yeah. Right. Unfo- these are the we're not we're you, not doing you can't that. you can't swerve on that one. That's no, like- but people do. <laughs> but people do all the time. Like, I mean, they hit the button on Jesus for this one. Unfollow, <laughs> unsubscribe. We're done. We're, we don't want to get these notices anymore. Mm. Verse 22. Verse 22. He committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threatened. He did not, I'm sorry, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Wait a minute. Jesus, when suffering, didn't threaten in return. He entrusted himself to God. Mm. You know, today we see that as weak. Guys, I know this is counterintuitive. I understand. You know why? Because we have an American trained gospel. This is what we have. Now, I'm going to bring some balance to this, but just look at the scriptures. Let them stand on, on their own. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed for you were straying like like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So today the topic is unfollowed. The Jesus example we ignore. We have been left a legacy and a heritage of suffering and we have got to reclaim it. We're going to talk about how to do that um, on the other side of the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. Welcome back to Aaron the Family Radio. Really do appreciate you listening. Silicone. That's what I was looking silicone. for. Thanks. Shout out to Mama D. Wait, what? My mother. The bracelets. The silicone oh, oh, bracelets. Oh, like, That's what I was you gotta looking get, for. I mean, you know, we didn't have a break and context. everything. That's right. You There's been saying? a whole lot of Come back talking. I know. Silicone. But, I mean. you know, I just, <laughs> I checked my phone during the break and my dear sweet mama sent me a text message, which has opened up a whole new world for her now that she can send text messages. Mm. 
Hey, Mama D. Hey, Mama D. So anyway, it's silicone. That's what so you, she, you're looking listening. for, silicone, baby. Gotta be on That's the word you're looking for. Don't behavior. say I haven't helped you on your program. <laughs> Thank you, Mother. I appreciate it. Um, all right. <laughs> Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's Evan and Eris with Die Daily. Amen. Man, perfect. Unfollowed. The Jesus example we ignore. We're talking about um, just our legacy and our heritage of suffering and how we have to reclaim that. And I really think that that's going to help us understand how to live and, and navigate the current landscape that we're in when we recognize that suffering is not an afterthought to the faith. Mm. It's not an afterthought to the faith. It's not a, oh, everything is crumbling. Look, now we're suffering. It is the expectation of those who would follow Christ. And we've lost that, guys. We just little by little, we have slowly kind of given that over. I want to make a shift here for about five, 10 minutes where I can talk practically and then we'll go back to kind of looking at the problems, like how we've gotten to where we are now. Yeah. Um, but I want to put this in the category of practical application. How do we reclaim our legacy, our heritage of suffering? Well, one of those ways that we do that is we identify with the church worldwide as mm. she suffers. Mm. We don't close our ears. We don't shut our eyes to the suffering of the church. In fact, we identify and kind of enter in. We share, just as the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, we share in that suffering. We are a part of it. And there's a way that we can do that, really practical way that we can do that through the Orange Letter Campaign. And joining us to talk about that right now is Cedra Sarton, who, Sarton, who is the content coordinator for Engage Magazine. Cedra, thank you so much for joining us. Hey. <laughs> I don't get to talk to you very often. So it's good to hear I'm from so you. I'm so glad we can do it publicly. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> Live she's, radio. She's like, since I got you on the line. <laughs> um, no, just kidding. Tell us about the Orange Letter campaign. How long has Engage Magazine um, been doing this? Well, the official beginning was in 2016 when we, we sent our first letters and we reached out to a group of families who had just lost, uh, had just lost members of their family. And I think mm -hmm. we all remember the video that went out of 21 Christians mm. being beheaded on that beach in yeah. Egypt. Yes. And they were all wearing orange jumpsuits, which is where we got the name uh, mm -hmm. for the Orange Letter campaign. And we were able to have letters delivered to their families after this to, to let them know that we love them and we're praying for them. Mm. So talk about some of the places that we've seen these orange letters go, and then we'll kind of get into the logistics of what the orange orange letters are and how you can uh, compose one and, and then make sure that it gets to Christians around the world and maybe um, focus on what you're doing, what you guys are doing that is unique this year, because in the past it's been these letters have been sent to specific countries kind of targeting um, the ministry. Correct. Yes, th that's how it began. Um, we went to Syria. We were able to reach out to North Korea, and that was a bit of an adventure for us because we weren't actually able to send the letters into North Korea. Mm -hmm. um, well, we were able to broadcast over the radio waves across the border um, just messages of encouragement from Christians. And then we reached out to Nigeria. And the past few years, though, we have partnered with Global Outreach International, mm -hmm. and uh, we've been able to send letters at Christmas to the missionaries that they have on the ground, just under 300 missionaries they have. Wow. wow. Now, what's the aim and the scope? Like, what what is the the drive of the letters or the thrust of the letters? What is it that our listeners need to know? Like, if they are kind of perking up their ears and are thinking, man, I, I want to participate. I want to be able to encourage Christians, encourage missionaries. Um, what do they need to know about how the letters are to be written? Uh, well, it's a very simple process. If you go to engagemagazine.net, there is a form that you can follow and everything is just straightforward, so there shouldn't be any confusion as to how, what you write. If you don't know what to write, 
write just your favorite scripture, put mm-hmm. that in there mm-hmm. or just say, I love you and I'm praying for you. That's enough for some people. Yeah. And I, I told um, Walker yesterday on his program that uh, there are times that I've been in places where there are not as many Christians as what I'm used to in this area. If I bump into and run into a Christian, it's like an instant connection. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. we're brothers and sisters now. We're not strangers. And that's what these people feel when they get these letters. They're getting them from their sisters and brothers in Christ. They're not, you know, just random strange you know yeah. strangers they these letters mean something to them that's awesome mm-hmm. so do you guys have any testimonies over the last few years that you've done this where um you just see the sovereignty of god and some of the letters that have been written do you hear back from global outreach about the impact of this campaign well, we have and we actually have an article up on our website if you go to engagemagazine.net again and there's an article titled the orange letter campaign 2021 and it's just a it's just all the information on the orange letter campaign and there are a few stories um, right there. And if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and read one from Heather uh, Heather Delamater. I think that's how you pronounce it. Missionary to Kenya. She says, no matter where we are at Christmas, we are separated from loved ones, either our family in the U.S. or our beloved Messiah neighbors in Kenya. Last year, joy and encouragement arrived through postal services at just the right time. Your words will always remain precious and dear to us. Thank you, dear friend. And there's a couple other yeah. testimonies there if people would like to go and read those. Uh, but, yes, we have gotten here word back from these missionaries. Awesome. And what's the focus this year? Like um, as far as for our listeners and what they are to be thinking about, we know that um, COVID-19 has affected, I mean, the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Like and missionaries um, have not been spared the effects of, of this pandemic. Um, what is it that Engage Magazine is focused on in light of that with regard to the orange letters? Well, uh, right now we have a lot who are in fear that are fearing that they're going to lose funding and because of the times or maybe they can't travel the way they're used to. So it's harder for them to come home. And some were at were home when COVID hit and weren't able to get back to their mission fields. And they're still trying to get back there. Mm-hmm. And with all the travel restrictions, you know, in some countries, I know where you have to be on strict, strict, strict uh, lockdown if you mm-hmm. enter the country for a good long period. So it's it's been very difficult on the on the people on the fields. I want to encourage our listeners. This is something yet again. I don't mean to sound like a a broken record, but we have a living faith. And so when we undertake to do these things, this is something that we try to live with our children in the past. We have written orange letters and we have done that with our children. So I want to say that this is not only something that we as uh, adult Christians can engage in, no pun intended, but it is also (laughs) something that we can get our kids involved in and have them write letters as well, which again makes it so real. It makes their faith a part of their life. You know what? I I think, you know, this this is a good time uh, to put yourselves in the shoes of missionaries and uh, imagine yourself receiving a letter, you know, while you're out on the field. A lot of times I think we're so detached because of distance that we don't even really understand what's going on. But if we put ourselves in in, in their shoes and, and say, man, you know, I would really love to receive a letter of encouragement. It, it means a lot. It's not just a, you know, a throwaway thing. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a great encouragement. Amen. Cedra, what's the deadline for receiving the orange letters or for people to go to engagemagazine.net? What's the deadline yes, that we're looking at? November the 5th. So okay. you still have a little more time. And I also want to mention that there is an opportunity there for you to get a T-shirt. If you send your letter, um, all of that is on the form on our website where you can uh, receive that T-shirt. You also have an option to not get it if you don't want, but um, 
but that is also there. So right. that is so cool. Oh, that's, that's neat. Is that new this year, or have you guys done that? that this is the, last the first year years. we've done this, and you'll also get uh, two bookmarks in there, and uh, those are meant for you to write who you're praying for on them. You'll get two: one for you to keep, and one for you to pass along to a friend. Man, wouldn't it be awesome. great to see these orange letter T-shirts just popping up across the country? I mean, can you imagine <laughs> being able to be out and about and to recognize other believers who have um, practically identified with the sufferings of their brothers and sisters? And, and now you can kind of recognize them because they're wearing these orange T-shirts. I just I mean, I think that would just be so cool. So EngageMagazine.net is the website. Um, if people are like Will and they want to write like way more than 200 words, like they just go on and on and on, yeah, you know? Right. Um, do you guys go in and like edit letters? Like, do you just like be like, we're going to take out this paragraph? No, if like, you go no. through, if okay. you go through the website, like you're supposed to, there, it, there, it limits you. It doesn't let you go past. Uh, but people like Miki. I think you That's can right. go a little past. I think you can go past 200, but not, you know, not a lot. So you can't yeah. write a full book and sit down, All right. which people yes. have done in the past. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh mm. my goodness it'd be like jerry rayner oh, oh. can you say first i'm sorry no just you're kidding. wrong for that sorry jerry jerry you write a you're lot get, you're gonna get a text message i'm sorry right. anyways i'm Cedra, not a part of this you. part i know right. i'm sorry <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and thank you for the incredible work that you guys are doing at engage magazine the orange letter campaign you can participate 200 words or less to encourage and pray for and with missionaries around the globe 200 words or less it's so like attainable you can do it um, the deadline is November the 5th, and you can learn all you need to learn by going to EngageMagazine.net, EngageMagazine.net. Cedra, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on. All right. All right. So we're, we're looking at um, the narrative of suffering or the heritage of suffering that is inherent to the faith. Mm -hmm. And we have removed this from the faith. And, and one of the ways, this is practical break here, uh, one of the ways that we can identify um, with our heritage of suffering is to care about and um, and to support missionaries around the world. I'm only laughing. Our listeners text can't see. Message. Let me because the text message just came in. I am. It just came in. Like right, cue the music. It just came in. I guarantee you, it's one of those that you have to click to download the rest of it. It's not, it shouldn't even be called a text message. You have to click to download the rest of the message. Uh, That's our brother no, Jerry. Not, um, hey. Go okay. Ahead. Anyways, back back to the program. Back to the program. Um. Our willingness to suffer sets us apart mm. and it makes people ask the question, why? Like you've heard me say many, many times, um, people love the apologetic scripture, 1 Peter 3.15. And, and it's great. We should love it. But it's actually set in a context of suffering. And so often we miss that. We miss that we get to the question or answering the question, why? Because we have been willing to suffer. So suffering is not the loss of life. Like that's the ultimate thing. Actually, the suffering that the Bible points to here, if you, if you start at the beginning of Peter's letter mm -hmm. and work your way all the way up to three fifteen, what you find is that living otherworldly will cause suffering. It will cause you to not live your best life now. If, <laughs> if I, if I could just yeah. say, yeah. Okay. But then what happens is that through that suffering, God glorifies himself mm. and onlookers then ask, why are you doing this? And, and let me, let me make the case here. So first, again, go back to first Peter, mm -hmm. first Peter chapter three, verses eight through 18. And I'll just read it. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. 
Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called <laughs> that you may obtain a blessing. Man, there's so many callings that are right here in scripture that you don't even have to like, you know what I mean? Like they're right here. You can know for sure. Verse 10. You can be sure, <laughs> right? Yeah. Verse 10. For whoever uh, desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit and let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, verse 13, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Here's verse 15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for the reason, for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. And let me let me stop here just for a second and, and add some commentary to this in light of where we are and how we're living today. We have removed the provocation. Like we have removed um, from our lifestyle living in such a way, not to sound redundant, living in such a way that makes people ask us why. Mm. Too often, we actually try to remove that aspect of living for the glory of God. Like we don't want to suffer. Excuse me. We don't want to hurt. Mm. We don't want to be considered those people. And I think part of that is because of the Lord's bounty. The Lord has blessed us so richly in this country that we have come to associate that as a sure mark and a of his favor always present. Right. Rather, rather than understanding, yes, there are blessings, but even in the midst of the blessing, there is suffering and there is a blessing in the suffering because it gets us to this place where, man, people are looking at our life and we are living a other life. Right. And I should have said another life, but (laughs) And other life emphasis Another. on purpose, right? Okay. Do, you, do you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. It's a life that is not familiar to this world, but we've tried to insulate ourselves from that. And I would even go so far as to say we've tried to insulate our children from that. And now we have generations who don't know how to suffer or what's more than that, they are simply unwilling to even explore that So, because suffering is not something that appears to be godly. So the tricky part about blessing though Mm -hmm. okay i agree with you that god has blessed america blessed this nation but at what point does those do those things not become or not remain blessings because the enemy can also give certain things that you know you feel like man I, i got this i got that um you know um i think we've allowed what has been god's blessing to be Mm -hmm. to become like you know, almost like a curse for us or yeah. even to allow the enemy to give us things thinking it's God's blessing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think the attitude of the heart sorts those things out. Like I, mm. I think if you find yourself in a, in a rich young ruler situation mm-hmm. where the very thing that the Lord wants or asks of you, you're unwilling to give, yeah. then that's not the Lord's blessing to you. Right, right. Because the blessing of the Lord make rich and add no no sorrow. sorrow. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're rich, young ruler status and you go away sorrowful, Mm -hmm. that's not the blessing of the Lord. Like if if you are holding on to that and saying, I'm unwilling to lose this. I don't care what God requires of me. I'm not going to live this way. I'm not going to do that. If if that's the position that we find ourselves in, 
it's going to be very difficult for us to live counterculturally mm-hmm. in America because we've been so comfortable. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got to grab the break. We come back. We'll talk more about the Jesus example that we ignore. Stay close. Maybe we can run away to a place where there are no chains, where real love never fades. I want to go to freedom. I want to go to freedom. I want to go to freedom. 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 I want to go to freedom. Let's fast forward. Man, sometimes um, it is such a detriment to us as individuals, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, to have everything that we want. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because we we cannot imagine um, anything beyond having all of our dreams fulfilled here that might cause us to long for the Lord, like cause us to long to be in the presence of God. Like we can't we can't imagine anything that might be better than this. Right. Right. And, and I think that has done such a number on the church and and on our children, right? Like we, we have created generations of kids who, if you speak of heaven, if you speak of eternity with God, it really means nothing to them because they're like, well, this is pretty great. Like this is, you know, and and so I want to talk a little bit about that. I I don't, I don't want to sound condescending here, but I I, want to talk about that in some real ways. Welcome back to Aaron, the Addison's on American family radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that was freedom by Cam and five. So the question then is how do we follow Jesus's example of suffering? Like if Jesus left us an example of how to suffer. This is what the Apostle Peter teaches us, uh, that Jesus left us an example of how to suffer. I think it's easier and um, (laughs) maybe in some ways uh, simpler than we think. And I think if you look at the life of Jesus Christ, uh, the suffering, not I'm not talking about the ultimate suffering. I'm not talking about Jesus nailed on the cross and, and the wrath of God being poured out on him. We understand that to be the ultimate suffering of our Savior for us. But he also lived a life of suffering, mm. right? Like he denied himself. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he, I mean, he, he made himself like us. He condescended to come and live among us <laughs> to save us from our sin. And not only that, not only did he tell the truth about who he is, about who man is, what we are prone to do because of sin that has infected us. Not only did he tell the truth, right, but he lived the truth. So we have an opportunity to follow this example that was set for us by Christ in suffering, right? Tell the truth, but live the truth. Yeah. If you tell the truth and you live the truth, you will suffer. Mm. You will suffer. Now, it's hard for us to recognize it because when we think of biblical suffering, we think of, okay, a person lost his or her life. We, we go immediately to Stephen, right? But what if when we think of suffering, we think of, and they were following Jesus, John chapter six, mm-hmm. and then he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they were like, we're out. <laughs> and what does Jesus do? Jesus doesn't go running after them, trying to give them a new truth that they would like. Like he doesn't go after them trying to so that he won't be hurt by Mm. their rejection of him. He doesn't like go, wait, wait, wait. Okay. You don't like that so much. Hold on a second. I, I, let's see what else I got. You know what I mean? Like, no, what Jesus does is turns to those, to those who remain. And he's like, do you want to leave too? 
<laughs> and, and, and there's so much that goes into that, right? Like there's so much in that. Like one, Jesus is saying the truth isn't going to change. Right. So if you guys want out, now is your time. Right. Right. Like it, it, the truth isn't changing. Right. But, but if, but if that's too much for you, um, this is going to be your time. This now's your exit strategy. Right. Mm. But what does Peter say? Peter's like, where else are we going to go for you alone? Have the words of what? Like our best life now? Nope. Eternal life. Right. Eternal life. So what is Peter declaring? Peter is declaring, we're not following you for our comfort here now. Mm. Yeah. What you're saying is difficult. And man, who can do it? Who can live it? Uh, but that's not why we're following you. We're following you because you have the words of eternal life. And I think when we teach our kids that Jesus has the words of eternal life, when we teach our grandkids that Jesus has the words of eternal life, then we teach them to be bold in their professions of faith. We teach them to tell the truth and to live the truth. And even if people turn away from them, so we remove from them this aim that they have to be popular all the time in all settings. Right. We've done our kids a disservice, right? We've taught them that they need to be well-liked. We've taught them that they need to be comfortable. We've, talked, we've taught them that the American dream is their highest attainment. Like, that's the highest thing that they can attain in, the, in this world, like to live the American dream. We have people who come to this country because the highest level of success that they can imagine is to live the American dream. Yeah. And so then the, the, the heritage that we have of suffering become something that people cannot even imagine. They're they're unwilling to live that. Mm. So I would like to I would like to lift, list out and and there there could be more of these and so we can kind of bat them around and and kind of weave more into it. But just five ways to um to teach our kids to suffer. To teach our kids to suffer, to ready our kids to say no to a decadent culture. To teach our kids to say no to doing whatever makes them happy. Mhm. And to pursue what makes them holy. Like I, I have said before, guys, well, that's a, I'm, nope, stay right there. Okay, so <laughs> forget about what makes you happy and pursue what makes you holy. And we start doing this from the youngest of ages, by the way. Like you don't just start teaching this to your teens because you're it's like, I late, just then. want everything. It's too late. Mm -mm. It's too late. Their worldview has already been shaped. Right. What they think about the faith has already been established. If you're starting when they're a teenager, you, you teach them this from the earliest of ages. So number one, how do we reclaim this, this history, this heritage of suffering that is inherent to the gospel? It is a part of the gospel. It is not something other, right? It is not something that we got to try to get out of. Like you're, you're not, you know, I, I think some people are like, we're looking for the organic faith that doesn't have suffering added to it. No, that is, that is the organic <laughs> faith. You understand what I'm saying? That's the organic faith. Yeah. It includes suffering. It's the pure thing. And that's the pure thing, man. <laughs> right? That's, yeah. that's the Whole Foods edition <laughs> of it. Okay. Um, so number one, present to your kids that Christ's suffering um, was not only for, for us to have eternal life, but that it was an example that he left for us in life, in real life, that it's his suffering was not just so that we could be made right with God. Yes, that's the ultimate. He justifies us. Right. But also the way he lived and the suffering that he endured in the living was an example to us in real life. This mm -hmm. makes the narrative of suffering something that kids can understand in real time and not just think about it in the sweet by and by. Like so often we'll tell our kids like, man, you be be willing and be ready to die for Jesus. If we tell them that we, we probably now today we don't. We tell our kids that 
But we also tell our kids to do the more difficult thing, live for them. <laughs> live for them. Tell your friends that's wrong. Call out sin. Reject the lies. Say the emperor has on no clothes. Like, or doesn't have on clothes or whatever. Um, number two, teach children how to sacrifice early on. Teach children how to sacrifice early on. And then you point out sacrifice when it's taking place. So this means that from the earliest of ages, we do not teach our kids that they can have, do, say, be whatever they want. You don't. You teach, you teach them to sacrifice. You begin to normalize for them that the world does not revolve around them. Mm. That there are certain things that you're going to have to hear no. You're going to have to be told Man. you can't. And that right there is contrary to the world and what oh, they're come teaching. On. Come on. You can be anything you want. You can do whatever you want. You can have what you want right now. You know, you don't have to wait for it. Like, Come on. That's contrary to what the world is teaching. Totally contrary. And for even Christian parents, they're like, if I've got it, you've got it. Well, what about you've got it, but they, should, they shouldn't have it. Mm. Like, what about you've got it, but you tell them no because it builds character. Mm. You tell them that they have to delay gratification. You can't have everything that you want. We have tried to make life so comfortable for our kids that we have removed from them, from them the very things that God used to shape our character in our own life. Guys, please understand, God uses struggle to refine us and to build character. And we keep trying to remove that. We keep trying to get rid of those things. And God is shaping it. And you're crying out and you're like, God, make me more like you. I want to be more like you. And then you have these obstacles that you have to overcome. But you're like, oh, why me? And it's like, it's the answer to your prayer. Mm. God is shaping you. He is refining you. So we teach our kids that. Number three, teach our children the church's history of suffering in organic ways. You see, when you teach children and grandchildren that suffering is inherent to the gospel, that we actually have a rich history of those who were willing to suffer for Christ. And it doesn't you don't always have to include. And then they died and then they died and then they died. Right. But it is not going along with this, saying no to this, living the other life that God intended for us to live. If you do this in organic ways, now the example that I'm about to share with you actually includes the fact that Lady Jane Grey actually did die. The 17 year old who gave her life for protecting Christian doctrine. Like, I mean, it's just an incredible story. And this came up very organically um, at our, I want to say breakfast table. We were just sitting around talking and we began talking about Lady Jane Grey and how, man, she knew so much theology that she was able to stand against a monk who was sent to kind of bring her back to Roman Catholicism to to have her declare mm -hmm. that um, that it wasn't just justification by the work that Jesus Christ did, but that it was also works that saved her at a young age. At a young age, man, she's 16, 17 years old that she's going through this. And so our kids' eyes, it, their eyes are huge because they begin to see themselves as Christians that you can do this. It's not for when you become 45 or 55 years old that you then begin to take a stand for Jesus Christ. And you can take a stand for Jesus Christ and you must take a stand for Jesus Christ right now. Right, right now. All right, number four, share with your kids your own personal experiences of suffering for Christ. Guys, that's another reason. Not only does suffering shape us and refine us, and not only is it something that we're called to, but when we suffer, we are able to turn and use those examples, those illustrations to encourage our kids in their suffering and to encourage our kids that they are going to suffer, that it is not guaranteed that they are going to live their best life now. That is not a promise of the gospel. 
Guys, that's probably one of the most detrimental doctrines that exist among us. One of the most detrimental doctrines. That if you come to Christ, you'll never suffer. He's going to give you your best life. All of your problems will cease. In fact, I, I, I maintain that when you cross over from death to life, when you leave the kingdom of darkness and come into this kingdom of light, you come into the kingdom of God, then you've got a bounty on your head. Mm. It's, you're, yeah, you're in, in, you understand that in eternity, what you have just done, man, there is a weight that's lifted from your shoulders. Yeah. Because when you come to Christ, you can, spiritually speaking, you can feel the weight lifted off your shoulders that you are no longer under the wrath of God. But to say that means that all is going to go well, that puddles move out of your way <laughs> when you walk. You know what I mean? That's what we teach our kids. Oh, no more puddles for you. No, you, you have just, you've, you've upset some, you've upset a kingdom. <laughs> right? But we've got to teach our kids to be ready for that. And then number five, remove the stigma attached to suffering. Suffering isn't a feature of some caste system. By the way, let me open the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Maybe we can squeeze in a couple of calls. 888-589-8840. Suffering isn't a feature of a caste system where only the lowly or the untouchable suffer. But we suffer. This is what we have been called to. Christ left us an example of suffering. Look, if we remove from our thinking that Christ has died so that we could live our best life now, mm. then we expect suffering. When we suffer, if we turn around and share this with our kids, hey, um, listen, this is what we're going through right now um, because we have said no to this. We've said that we're not going to do this. We're not going to agree with this. Then not only, not only. <laughs> Are you pointing your kids back to Christ and his worthiness that you should suffer for him? Mm -hmm. But you are setting a real time example for them that they will emulate when they grow up. It's not something that you're just telling them to be willing and ready to suffer, but you are showing them how you have suffered. We've done this with our kids. And it seems like that there are more and more opportunities for suffering. And I think that those <laughs> opportunities will increase. Yeah. I think that we will see more and more opportunities um, to suffer. I, I read an email just today from a sister at a university mm. who was talking about um, that right now she's being forced to do something that she doesn't want to do, that if she doesn't comply with this, she'll lose her employment because she's on the federal work study program. You guys understand what I'm saying here? Yeah. I'm thinking I, I was on the federal work study program. So you're like a federal contractor of sorts. At least that's what I'm learning. And so that means that you have to do things that the government tells you that you have to do. Mm -hmm. But that she's, she doesn't want to do that. So I'm looking, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, listen, these things are like the test rollouts, yeah. right? These are the things that they're just like, you know, will people just be compliant? Will they just go along until we go away? How much pressure do we have to put? Here's what I'm telling you. Well, we've already said where you're <laughs> convicted, remain convicted. And we'll keep saying that Un until taken away in one way or the other. Okay. When you normalize, normalize suffering, what do I mean by that? What does, what does that look like? You understand that it is a potent part of the faith. Then you don't spend your life trying to create a comfortable life whereby you can't imagine people being willing to lose their jobs for Christ. There are some Christians who cannot imagine 
a person being willing to, to lose their job for Christ, they're like, just say it. Just do it. There are so many Christians who are like, just bake the cake. Just arrange the flowers. Just take the pictures. Just take that excerpt out of your book. Because they have not loved or embraced the narrative of suffering. All right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.